Hello, everybody. My name is Jacqueline Landry, and I want to welcome you to our podcast called Get Diversified. And I am here today with Rebecca Taylor, and I am super excited for all the viewers um, and listeners out there to hear Rebecca's story um, on how she got into real estate and what really motivated her. So, Re Rebecca, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jackie. It's really good to be here. I appreciate your invite. Um, awesome. So Rebecca and I met at an MFIN conference in, in Charlotte in 2023, and we kind of immediately connected just hearing her story um, when she introduced herself. And I said, oh, my gosh, you have to be on my podcast. Um, so, Rebecca, tell tell the audience a little bit um, about yourself um, just briefly. And then we kind of want to get into, you know, what was what was the one event that kind of got you to think differently? Yes, absolutely. Um, so I live in Lynchburg, Virginia with my husband of 15 years and my two kids. I have a little girl, a little boy, and I'm about to have another baby here in a couple of weeks. So my life is a, a little bit, it's a little crazy right now. I'm in my dining room because my office is an explosion of baby gear, <laughs> but awesome. it's uh, but it's a lot of fun. And I'm thankful for the flexibility that real estate has uh, given us through the, through the years. But my background is I, um, I, I came from Montana. My dad is an investor in real estate. He got in about 2004. And so for many years, I watched him and learned from him and uh, finally pulled the trigger back in 2012. We bought our first rental property and uh, we were amazed with just how <coughs> benefits, you know, the, the cash flow and the, the ways that it worked. It was really cool to start to get our feet wet and learn about property management and uh, doing that here locally. And so it took us a while, though, to really dive in. I worked in the tech world for about 10 years doing sales and marketing, did well in that space, made great money, um, enjoyed it, traveled a lot. My husband and I love to travel. We've been all over the world. And so we, during that time, made a lot of good financial decisions. We paid off our house early and we're debt free totally. And then we realized uh, this was right around, co well, uh, let me step back one second. Back in 2016, I had my first child. And um, we had a lot of complications with the delivery and I almost died. I was in the hospital for a while. And unfortunately, it was just a really scary event uh, for all of us. And it I ended up being OK, but it, it really put it kind of changed our mindset about our time. And so when I went back to work after that in tech, I, uh, I ended up leaving the job I'd been in, went to work for another company and I was able to negotiate a shorter work week. I started to realize, you know, my time is so valuable. This is the most valuable asset I have. So how can I maximize it? And so went back, uh, went shorter with my schedule. And then as time went on, we had our son, I cut back even more. And I was like, man, I just really, I love to work, but I want to have a balance of being home with them yeah. some and also working. And so um, 2020 hit COVID obviously. <laughs> and I decided, you know what? this life that we live is short. Obviously we've got a lot going on. And so I ended up leaving the tech world completely. And my husband and I had three months sabbatical around the country with a camper in tow. Um, it was amazing. He was given three months off paid from his company. And so we were able to travel and I was able to dream and it was just the most amazing experience. And so during that time realized, Hey, real estate is where I want to be. You know, it's been good to us so far and how can we make, how can we really dive into this more? And so we ended up, uh, I got my real estate license, became a realtor, and we started buying more properties. And then I stumbled into the passive investing world and worked for a private equity firm here locally doing their investor relations. And so I was able to learn a lot 
um, the last few years and, and invest as an LP in a deal and a GP. And um, it's been a really cool journey to be both on the active side of real estate and the passive side. And, uh, and it's, it's been able to free my time up and give me the ability to work for myself, which I absolutely love. And so that's, that's awesome. a very <laughs> quick or long overview of my background. That's awesome. So, so what happened at the private equity firm? So you try, the, the group that I first worked with was a fund they did fund of funds. <laughs> so they were a big mix of asset classes that we were investing in. So it could be mobile home parks, self-storage, light industrial, multifamily. And so I had an incredible opportunity to learn, you know, from them. I invested my first hundred thousand with them. And uh, that's been, it's been really cool to see like monthly distributions coming from that, not having to do anything as an LP investor in that deal. And then I transitioned over to another group. Uh, which was just doing value add multifamily. So it was a little bit different twist, um, but it was a really cool experience to learn from them. And then back in April, transitioned out and started my company, Tailored Investments, with my husband. And so we've been focused on partnering with really solid operators and bringing on investors because I I'm so passionate about real estate and just again the freedom that it has enabled us and given us financially and with our time. And so being able to share with other people and bring on friends and family has been really cool. Awesome. So what, what kind of assets? So I know you said multifamily. So that can be, you know, a lot of times when I say I invest in multifamily, I go, well, where, what region, what class? So tell me a little bit about what kind of assets um, you like and what regions you invest in. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we've done we, we've invested in deals in Arizona and Oklahoma and Texas and Florida. We've got some different uh, LP positions and then GP position. I, most recently, though, I've gotten into assisted living, and that has been mm. something I focused on the last few months. And that's up in Wisconsin. It's a facility that I've been working on with some partners, and that's been really cool. I, it's a different flavor of multifamily, um, and I love multifamily. It's just been harder and harder. You and I were talking about this before our call to find deals that really make sense right now. Obviously, the economy has changed drastically with interest rates just rising uh, so high, and sellers still want to get top dollar for their properties. And so, you know, when you run the numbers, when you underwrite those deals, it's, you're just not seeing a whole lot of cash flow. You're not seeing much margin. And I'm very conservative. I want to be careful. And especially when I'm investing friends and family's money into deals, I want to make sure that I'm finding the very best of the best. And so, again, I partner with best in class operators. I am not on the ground at every location running these deals. You know, I'm working with groups and we're doing it together. And so, uh, this assisted living opportunity was really neat because it was it was an off market deal. It was something that we were able to get at a discount. We formed a relationship with the owner of the property. She's going to stay on board for a while. She's doing a phenomenal job running the, the property, and there's just such a huge need for this uh, this asset class. I mean, it, it, I've heard it's set that population of elderly population set to double. I think it's either 2050 or 2060. So we've got you know the next 30 plus 20, 30 years, we're going to have this population double and there is not at all enough housing for all of those folks. And so the fact that there's such a huge need that's coming, uh, I think is, is, you know, it, it help it gives me a lot of hope in terms of just the investment opportunity, but I love the fact that we're actually making a difference in people's lives, you know, not only providing housing, but 
providing quality care for them, you know, because these are really important exactly. years of people's lives. <clears throat> and I want to make sure that they have like quality care and also community and people around them that are supportive. So this property is 125 beds and there's just a lot of great um, aspects about it and a lot of opportunity to add value to it over the next five years that we plan to hold it. And so that's been something I've been really excited about and uh, been, you know, d diving into. Um, and so, and again, not to say that I wouldn't, I I'm not doing multi, I was just in Atlanta and Greenville, South Carolina, looking at some properties down there, some multifamily properties. And, you know, I think there's some still really good opportunities out there. Um, but my focus has more so been on finding the right partners, finding awesome operators that I can work with um, because at the end of the day, you know, they can make or break the deal. You can have a phenomenal property, but if you have a terrible operator, it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. So so to summarize, I mean, that's everything that that we think about when we invest, right, is number one, when we underwrite the deal, be as conservative as, as we possibly can, because you never know what could come up. And number two is if I'm bringing friends and family or anybody else to the fold as an investor in this deal, the last thing that I want to do is screw it up yeah. because then that means that Jackie and Melvin Landry's um, career is done, right? Because no one else will invest in our deal again. So everybody who's listening out there, all of our, all of our listeners, <clears throat> that is extremely important. And then another thing you touched upon which, um, you know, there's one thing in underwriting and being conservative, but when it comes to what you said is finding good operators, mm -hmm. right? Who are the operators that can put your plan together, that you put together, that you underwrote in your deal, and who can execute that, mm -hmm. right? Because if the execution isn't there, yeah. you know, it's, it's, you're not going to get the returns. You're not going to get the rent bumps. You're not going to get the ad additional other income. Your expenses are not going to get reduced. And therefore, when you go to sell the property, you're not going to get what you want for it, which in turn then, you know, trickles down to investors not getting what we propose their return to be. Exactly. Right. So all super things that, that we look at, too, when, when we invest in other people's deals or when we invest in our own deals. It's those are all three things that we you know, take to heart. And it's, um, <clears throat> we, we've been underwriting tons and tons of deals. Yeah. And there's a big disconnect still, I think, um, between sellers and buyers. Mm -hmm. um, and the interesting that I've, thing that I found is that <clears throat> brokers that put together these OMs mm -hmm. are valuing the property as if it was completely renovated. So that's mind boggling to me yeah. um, because we're buying a building that was not touched since 1974. Yes. Okay. And you're valuing it as if it was Taj Mahal um, and, and totally rehabbed. Um, and when I say things haven't been touched, I mean, the windows are 50 years old. The everything about it is, is 50 years old or older. Um, and so I think that's what's been a huge disconnect um, that I've seen out there in underwriting is you have to underwrite this for what it's worth today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Times have changed. And so you have to be <laughs> mindful of that. <clears throat> exactly. Exactly. So so what do you what? So you're currently working on the um, senior senior facility. And what role do you play on that team? Are you an LP or are you a GP on that one? 
So my role actually has been what's called a strategic partner. And I've had the chance to come in and basically sit at the table and learn from, from the team. Um, I, I, I invested my own money, so I'm also an LP in the deal. But I wanted to really understand the team, the asset class, the you know the way that they do business, their track record. They, they've done some other assisted living facilities before. They've done some multifamily properties before. But this is my first time working with them. And so I wanted to make sure going into it before I start raising capital, you know, big amounts of capital that I'm really... Um, familiar with them, that I really know them well. And so I've been able to, to be a part of our weekly asset management calls, you know, and talk about the deal and um, just be involved. And so that's been, it's been really cool. I, 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 there's still more to learn, you know, and I haven't been able to go visit the property yet. I'm hoping to go after this baby comes. I was planning to go last month, but our closing has been pushed back a couple of times. And so uh, I was trying to go right around closing time as there was going to be some other folks that would be there as well. So I'm looking forward to going up and seeing it. And again, I, I think that this is just such a growing opportunity and there's going to be a lot more there. So that's kind of my, my goal is to learn everything I possibly can before I come and bring on friends and family, you know, to the deal. Um, again, I'm so cautious. I do not want to bring anybody into something that ends up not being a good fit. So yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely the, the model to live by. So you were saying that you own, um, multifamily in, um, in your local where you live in, in Virginia. So you have a little bit of, 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 Multifamily or single family? We have both. both, just small multifamily and some single family. Okay. We got started, I mean, our, we started off house hacking and that was such a great, you know, way to like get our feet wet and it paid our mortgage, almost paid all of our mortgage every month. And so that was kind of initially how we got started. Then we bought a townhouse and we found a duplex, we found a triplex and we, you know, we've just been able to slowly build it. And I, like you and I were talking before the call, that's been tremendously helpful because we've gotten some great uh, long-term fixed debt. And in this environment where you're seeing so many people that have taken out bridge loans over the last couple of years that are coming due or they're raising those interest rates, it's a harder time, you know, to, if, if your properties just aren't cash flowing, you're depending on that to live. It's a little bit more challenging. So thankfully we've had these active investments that are fixed and still, you know, I've been able to slowly raise rents over the years and uh, that's really helped from our uh, cover some of our living expenses. We also do some um, debt. We've been lending money, which has been really awesome. cool. That's been like a nice little side hustle. <laughs> you know, I, I we've, we've been kind of piecing things together. Like how do we have different income streams? Cause I mean, there are months where things happen, things break, you know, and you, have, you don't end up cash flowing what you thought you would. And so being able to piece together some other ways, like I said, I'm a realtor. So I do some transactions on that front and, those little things, they definitely help. Um, and it gives me a lot more flexibility in terms of how we generate income. Like you said, flipping, I mean, you're doing a lot of different things too, which I love. You're involved in real estate in so many different facets. Yeah. So wait till we talk again in a, in, on the next podcast in about 12 months, I'm going to be so diversified that it's going to be crazy. And so that's why we name, that's why we name this podcast, um, get diversified. Number one is my husband's African-American. I'm white. Our son is mixed. Um, so we were, so we have a diversified family. Um, but we also truly believe in diversification. So again, we own, we're going to continue to flip and fix. Um, we're going to continue to to own smaller multifamily in our local market because we know and we understand our market because my husband's been investing here since 05. So even before we, we got married, but we see the value in multifamily. We see the value in triple nets. We see the value in self-storage and they all offer different you know, pros and cons. 
So with being super diversified, you have it all covered when one asset class is up and the other one is down and vice versa, right? So, you know, I, I listen to some of these experts that go, oh man, don't do single family anymore. Don't do fix and flips. Don't do, <clears throat> you know, why are you dealing with these smaller multifamily? You got to go all into multifamily. Well, I don't believe in that. Me neither. Uh, because bigger multifamily, mm -hmm. so these, you know, we're in 11 deals, um, multifamily deals. Mm -hmm. And those 11 multifamily deals that we're in, they may pay for my Costco bill for the year. <laughs> okay. But it's not enough to to pay my mortgage on my on my house, right? So I think people need to really make sure that they're not misconstruing that idea is if you're in multifamily, that you can truly live off of that cash flow. Yeah. Because unless you have tons and tons of money, millions yeah. to put in multifamily, that cash flow is not gonna be there. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think <clears throat> unfortunately the last couple of years, people, unfortunately we're selling these big promises, you know, across the board of like you get into so many deals or invest a million dollars or whatever, you're going to have enough cash flow to quit your job and, and then sail off in the sunset. And I mean, sadly, that's just not the case. I mean, and, and I wish that things were different, um, but things have changed again. So you have to be really strategic and thoughtful about what you're getting into and being diversified because yeah, all those deals are the same. I mean, the deal, a lot of the deals I'm in, they're just not, you know, from the past, like cash flowing or cash flowing as much as they had projected. Um, and I'm not, I'm not concerned that the deals are going to go under, but I just, it hasn't ended up being some of them, not all of them just haven't ended up being what, what they had projected earlier on. Right. So I think it's just, it's important yeah, to be diversified. I could not agree with you more. Yeah, that is super important. So, so what, what's next for Rebecca? So I know you're having your, your third, third baby. Yeah. Um, so we know that that's, that's short term, but what, what do you, what do you think you're going to get into, um, like within the next year, year and a half, well, what do you think your focus is going to be? Um, talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So the last few months, it really has been building my, our, our business, my husband and I's business. I mean, we, you know, there's so many foundational things and, um, that, that you're putting together, you know, your website and your automations and, um, your structure, your mission, you know, there's just a lot. And, and I've had a, a business coach, which has been tremendously helpful in guiding me. I'm a part of some masterminds and, you know, there's just been a lot of people that have been around me that have been encouraging and speaking into how to structure how the, the, the different pieces, you know, that come into that. So um, my goals in the next 12 months is to really build my investor base, you know, and continue sharing with friends and family and outside of that, uh, the benefits of real estate and something that I, I am excited about figuring out and finding is just uh, a mix of opportunities for them. And I don't want to be too diversified in the sense where I have so many partners that I can't manage those well. I want to make sure that I'm into just have a few select partners that I'm working with and helping to raise capital for and do investor relations, sales and marketing again is my strength. And so partnering up with them and doing that. So I want to, I want to have a few really solid partners. I've got, you know, this one that I'm working with now looking at some others as well. Um, but I want to be able to bring my investors some different options for how they, cause some of them, you know, love the five-year-old 
households with maybe assisted living. Whereas others, I talked to a guy a couple of days ago. He's like, I just want to place my money somewhere for a year. And so yeah. do you have something along those lines? You know, and so I'm trying to figure out what, what are the best options for them and how can I serve them well? Cause I truly want to be a good resource for them and for them to be able to, um, grow their wealth, have more time freedom, you know, be, be able to work less and live. <clears throat> that's, that's kind of my goal. And so again, building out that investor base, uh, finding the right partners and, and just being able to be a really solid um, resource for investors. And they, that may not, they may, that may mean that they're not going to invest with me because you know, maybe I don't have something to offer them that I can tell them about Jackie, you know, and I can yeah. send them your way because you're doing a self storage deal. I love the fact that you're working on self storage. That's an asset class that I'm really, I, I've done, we've done some investing as an LP, but I've not been able to partner up with anybody yet on the self storage front. So that's something I'm really interested in. I'd love to find a really good partner on, on that, yeah. in that area. So, yeah. So you brought up, you brought up a good point, right? Um, somebody asked me a question earlier this week and said, what's important to your investors? Mm. And I went, there was a scratch and there was a pause. And I can't go through my investor database mm -hmm. and tell you what each person is passionate about mm -hmm. because one person may care about tax savings. Yeah. Well, in that case, if I'm bringing you a deal where 90% of the units are renovated mm -hmm. and you're going to get no tax depreciation, bonus depreciation, that's not a deal that I should bring to you, mm -hmm. right? Other folks just care, hey, I want 8% on my money. I want a preferred return of 8%. I don't care five years from now if I'm going to get $25,000 more of my money back. I just care about the 8%, yeah. right? And others don't care about any of that. Yeah. And they just go and they just say, hey, in five years, you're going to double my money. Ooh, that's fantastic, right? Yeah. So what matters to your investors is something too where I really need to get a hold of that so that I can say, hey, Will, hey, John, these two deals meet your criteria. I know you're looking for tax depreciation. These properties are 50 years old. We're totally renovating them to the T and this depreciation is going to be off the charts. It's going to be in the 60, 70 percent range. Mm -hmm. So knowing your investors and what they like and what they don't like is extremely critical to you being a, a better advocate as well, right? With you being that trusted advisor where people come to you and ask you, what should I do with my money or, or that kind of thing. So I just wanted to add that too, because again, when somebody asked me that question this week, I said, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. I can't tell you. Yeah. So maybe I need to have those conversations mm -hmm. one by one to really truly understand what, what everybody's looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's so different, you know, and I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not a, you know, I often will defer to, I say, go talk to your CPA. If it's, you know, there's only so much on the tax front that I can give you advice. Like I can give you my personal experience, Yeah. but for professional advice, go talk to your CPA, you know, go talk to your tax strategist or your attorney. I mean, and so I, I think it's, yeah, being, having those conversations, the communication, the ongoing communication is so important. Something yeah. we did, um, Lot at the beginning of the year at the company I had previously been out is I sent out a mass um, survey for to everybody on our list and ask very specific questions about, you know, what are your 2023 goals? What um, asset classes are you most interested in? How much money are you looking to deploy? You know, are you looking for a long term appreciation? Are you looking for cash flow? Like what's, you know, just getting really in into the weeds a little bit on in terms of what they're looking for. And that really helps structure 
the year going forward and understanding how to best serve our investors. Because again, everybody's different and we can't meet every single possible goal that every single person has, but we can help get them there, you know, and sure. maybe direct somebody else if it's not us. Sure. That's a, that's a good approach. I can steal that idea and, and send out a, a mass email. If I can't personally touch or call, you know, every one of the investors, but sometimes it's just, you know, harder and harder to do as your investor database gets, gets larger and larger. So, um, well, Rebecca, thank you. So if people want to hear more, um, or connect with you, how do, how do they find you? And, and please, don't find her in, for another three months. January 2024, you can reach out to her. She's going to be dealing with three kids in the house. <laughs> I will say, it gets, I feel like it gets a little easier the more that you have in terms of your expectations. And two of my kids are in school. Thank thank the Lord. Man, I'm so thankful that they're in school every day. So that gives us a little bit more um, you know, structure to our schedule. Okay, so, so then yeah. I, we'll give you two months off. <laughs> I'll be good. I'll be good. Um, yes. Yeah, so I'm very active on LinkedIn. Please connect with me there. I'd love to, to connect. And then my website's called tailored, like my last name, but with an ED at the end, tailoredinvestments.co. And so definitely come there. I have a Calendly link. If you want to hop on my calendar, I'd love to just get to know, get to know you and help again, be a resource. If I can help in any way, I'm a strong believer of giving back. Um, the go-giver is one of my favorite books. And so um, if I can help in any way, please let me know. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks, Rebecca, for your time. I appreciate it. And good luck with your delivery um, next week or the week after, right? Two yes. Less than two weeks away. Um, so I appreciate that. And I'd love to have you back on the show again, you know, about, about 12 months from now to just kind of really to see how you flourished and all those things that you were talking about, about what you want to accomplish for you to you know come back on the show and, and tell us that you blew that out of the water and you're doing even bigger and better things than what you thought you were going to do. So appreciate your time, Rebecca, and um, good luck with everything in the future. Yes. Thank you, Jackie. So good to see you. I appreciate the invite and the time.